powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Let's say it together. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, speak to us now that we would move and walk in those things that you have ordained. I pray that nothing would impact or impede your, or impact uh, your word from coming to us. I pray that nothing would impede your word from coming to us. I take authority now over this atmosphere and declare that this atmosphere will be a place where as your word goes forth, your word makes us better your word challenges us your word increases us i declare that we will not be overcome by our emotions i said we will not be overcome by our emotions and i just speak life tonight into everybody i declare that the rest of this year is going to be the best of this year and i declare that no weapon formed against us would prosper every tongue that rises in judgment it is condemned father move in this place tonight in jesus name wednesday would you just give god a shout if you want him to do something powerful tonight no i said give him a shout if you want him to do something powerful tonight Listen, I want to get right into this word tonight. On Sunday, uh, of course, we're in our series, Harvest at the Movies, and we're in week four. And on Sunday, we were in the movie Fast and Furious, and I used the title to teach about our emotions and how fast things change when King Uzziah got furious. Somebody say Fast and Furious. Now, in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse number 5, we looked at the story of King Uzziah. I want to walk through it line by line, precept upon precept, because it was amazing. Because when he got in his emotions, he stopped evolving. When he got in his emotions, he evaded the real issue. When he got in his emotions, he started acting erratically. When he got in his emotions, he lost everything that he labored for. I pray that you would not be the type of person that would lose what you've labored for because you cannot manage your emotions. I pray that you would not be the type of person that tears up what you've spent years is trying to build up because you cannot uh, operate outside of your emotions. Please say your first name. Say, Lord, give me authority over my emotions. Second Chronicles 26 and 5, he said, he set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah who instructed here in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. We looked at this, that his prosperity was connected to him following spiritual principles. This is important because sometimes we can think that it's success or spirituality, that it's either I can pray or I can say, and that's not Bible. Revelation 5, 10, Revelation 1, 6 makes it clear that God has made us to be kings and priests. That means we get to be spiritual and successful, which means I don't have to pick one side, I get both sides. Do not believe the false choice that you either have to be spiritual and suffer in every other areas of your life, or you can reign in other areas and suffer spiritually. I need you to say I'm a king and a priest. 
When this man followed God and sought the Lord, the Bible says God made him prosper. I need every person in here to realize what we do is not just doing something to fill time on Sundays and Wednesdays. I need you to know prayer ain't just something to do to feel good. We are literally allowing God to invade our lives so that he can bless us to be a blessing. Look at verse 15. In Jerusalem, he made machines invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and great stones. And his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped. Here was the problem until he was strong. Here's what the Bible says. When he got strong, he got prideful. And I asked us this question. Can God trust you without a struggle? Can you be trusted with success? This guy becomes king at a young age, and the Bible says he seeks the Lord. And not only does he seek the Lord, but the Bible says that he submitted himself to a man of God, Zechariah. Don't ever let people tell you you're weak because you're meek. See, meekness is submissiveness. It just simply means if I'm not the head, I submit to the head because anything with two heads shouldn't be listened to. It should be looked at because it's a monster. So there's nothing wrong with realizing, wait a minute, if I'm not in charge, I need to get in line. I need to get with the program so that God can't charge me with holding up the vision. I need you to not let people make you think you're weak wise because you submit to your husband. Y'all ain't talking to me. Y'all don't like that here. I need you not to let people make you think you're weak because you're meek because Jesus, the Bible says, was meek. He's submissive. Now think about this. He's 100% God and 100% man, but he's meek. He knows when to back up. Think about it. He created John the Baptist. We call him the Baptist not because he was Baptist by denomination, but because he was a baptizer. It was a Hebrew custom called mikvah. It was used to ordain those into the priesthood. So check this out. Jesus goes to John and says, I need you to ordain me. Check it out. God goes to a man and says, I got to submit to you because you're in charge. And there's nothing wrong, watch me men, with submitting myself to another man. That doesn't make me weak, that makes me wise. The Bible says that this king, he sought, the, uh, 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 or as long as he sought the Lord God, God made him prosper. And he set himself in the days of Zechariah, verse 5, who instructed him. He places himself, put up verse 5, he places himself in a place of submission. So watch this, his seek and his submission made him prosper. I'm going to say it again. His seek and his submission made him what? Prosper. What is prosper? Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. What did that? His seek and his submission. Whenever something's lacking, you need to check your seek and your submission. Whenever something's broken, you got to check your seek and your submission. Whenever something's raggedy, you got to check your seek and your submission. He was helped, verse 15 says, marvelously until he got strong. And this is amazing because we've all seen other people do this to us. You ever help somebody when they didn't have nothing? And when they got something, they forgot about you? Okay, y'all evidently don't have friends like that. Yeah, yeah. You, you ever help somebody that, watch this, when they had nothing, that you were their best friend, they loved you so much, they cared about you so much, it was, you were so amazing, you're so great, and then the moment they thought they didn't need you anymore, don't get confused, some people's loyalty is only because they're in need. And the moment they're no longer in need, their loyalty will leave. The Bible says he was helped marvelously until he was strong. And here it is. It gets real stanky right through verse 16. Verse 16 says this, that when he was strong, he grew what? Proud. He got full of himself. He said, I'm somebody. I ain't got to respond to emails. I'm somebody. I don't, I don't have to do what I need to do. I'm somebody. I... I'm somebody. So when he was strong, he grew what? Proud. And the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before what? Fall. I need you to lay, throw your hands in there and say, Lord, deliver me from my pride. And if you think you don't have any, I need to let you in on a secret. You got the most. Pride will make you lose your house, your car, your marriage, your job. It'll make you lose stuff that you labored for because you think other people have to put up with your ego. 
You'll think other people got to put up with your attitude. Y'all ain't talking to me tonight. Preach on. You'll think other people have to put up with you coming in the room with a bad attitude. You'll think other people have to put up with it. And God says, I can show you better than I can tell you because nobody has to tolerate that. Right. Verse 19. So we've looked at this story a little bit. Then we get down to verse 19. Verse 19 says, then Isaiah, doesn't even call him king anymore, because when you start being led by your emotions, you don't act like a man, you act like a boy. When you're led by your emotions, you don't act like a woman, you act like a girl. Wah, wah, wah. And let's tell the truth, we've all, really? So the whole middle section is holy and ain't never done it. I'll come pray for the rest of us then. Then Isaiah was angry. He got angry. Anger is an emotion. Now he had a censer in his hand. What fueled his anger? What fueled his emotions? His pride. His pride made him think it was okay to be emotional and not regard consequence. See, pride will make you think it's okay to be emotional and not regard. I'm having a bad day and so to hell with anybody else and what they got going on and what they're supposed to do. I'm mad. I don't care if it hurts my kids. I'm mad. I don't care if it hurts my wife. I'm mad. I don't care if it hurts my spouse. I'm mad. I don't care if it affects my job. I know we got to meet this deadline. I don't care. I'm mad. Watch, 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 watch. Then Isaiah was angry. Now he had a censer in his hand to burn incense, and we talked about that. And when he became angry with the priest, see, here's the thing about being led by your emotions, is that you'll take it out on somebody that there's a higher consequence for. See, see, there are certain ranks that when you violate them, when you violate those ranks, there's a different level of consequence. See, the scripture says if your husband, it says that if you don't honor your wife as the weaker vessel, watch this, the scripture says your prayers are hindered. So the consequence, watch this, for disrespect and dishonor of the weaker vessel is that God doesn't hear your prayers. The consequence, put the verse up and leave it. The consequence when you, watch this, when you disrespect leadership is that God leaves. Let me show you. Now, he had a censer in his hand. To burn incense. And when he became angry with the priest, with who? The priest. He wasn't angry at God. He was angry with the who? The priest. Watch this. Leprosy broke out on his forehead. And we talked about the significance of this is that, watch this. Leprosy is a disease of the nervous system. You literally can't feel when you've been cut. So you bleed out on everything. And then those places where you've been cut now become infected. And so now you're a walking infection. You are a walking infection that infects everything around it. So much so that if you had leprosy in the Bible, you literally had to cry this out. Unclean! Unclean! And you had to dress differently so that everybody knew your issue before they saw you. So leprosy was so serious that it was considered the worst. Leprosy was the worst thing you could ever possibly have. And the Bible says it broke out on his what? Forehead. In other words, he got numb to what he was doing when he was emotional. Y'all ain't talking. He got numb. Let's tell the truth. Have you ever gotten so emotional you just had a moment where you like having an out-of-body experience? Oh, my God. Come on, Wednesday. You don't have to lie, okay? You ever got so emotional to where you're like, I don't even. You're so mad. You're so angry. You're so emotional. You're just walking back and forth. you popping your neck, popping your gum, popping your collar, just popping everything. The Bible says leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priest in the house of the Lord by the altar of the incense. Why does it take the time to tell us it was in the presence of the priest? Because who he got emotional to needed to see the immediate consequences of it. Why is that important? Sometimes God has to use people who are overly emotional to show you what you better not act like. Some of y'all have looked at other people and you said when you looked at them, you were like, oh my God, did, did, did you see her? She's such a, he's such a, y'all ain't talking to me. Let's be honest. Sir. And sometimes God shows you so you can look at that and say, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that man. I don't want to be that woman. I need you to throw your hands up and say, Lord, deliver me. Look, verse 21. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death. Now, this one moment of uncontrollable emotions 
affected the whole rest of his life. What do you do when you make one decision on one day that ruins the rest of your days? Now, I know we like to talk about God's a redeemer. He is. God's a healer. He is. But every action has a consequence. He can love you and forgive you, but you still have to live with the consequence of what you did. And I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but you can't do nothing about what was, but you can do everything about what's getting ready to be. And I need somebody to make this declaration by faith. Say, from this day forward. Listen, I'm not ashamed of what it used to be. I'm not mad about what it used to be. I need you to not feel guilty or condemned about what it used to be. But you're going to have to make a decision tonight that you are not going to let your emotions ruin the rest of your days. From the rest of his life until his death, he lives with the consequences of one action. Somebody say one. That's deep. Because watch this, God didn't care that he was the king. Sometimes you think God's supposed to respect your personhood. I'm a single mom, I'm a single dad, I'm a this, I'm a dad, I'm a chief executive, I'm a vice president. You a leper. Go stay over here away from everybody. You, you're right, you are king, king of this one house, you can't leave. Watch what he lost. He had the kingdom. When he got emotional, he lost the kingdom and only got a house. Come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. He had the kingdom. When he got emotional and let his emotions lead him, he lost the kingdom and could only have a house. I pray that you wouldn't let your emotions take the big God's trying to put in your hands. Ah. And being a leper, he lived in a separate house where he was excluded from the house of the Lord. He couldn't even go to church no more. This is why some people feel different, distant from God. They're like, I can't go to church, I can't go to church, I can't go to church. It is actually an indication of an internal issue. The issue has nothing to do with God. It's that the leprosy's poking out. Y'all ain't talking to me. The leprosy's poking out. So it is, I'm so emotional when I go in there, I'm mad. I'm angry. Because why didn't he do this? And why didn't he do this? And why didn't he do this? And why didn't he do this? Which means you can't even receive his love because your anger makes you think it ain't there. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's household, governing the land, the people of the land. So from that day forward, he loses the kingdom. He cannot have any interaction with other people. Check this out. From that day forward, he loses everything he labored for. One action. Would you please say one? One. See, you may think people need have to put up with your stuff. And can I just tell the truth? You need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. We all need to be thankful for the people, watch me, that have been patient with. I wish I could get somebody in there on Wednesday that you know you've had some friends, some families, your spouse, your kids, your mom and them that have been patient with you because they put up with some stuff they didn't have to. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And this guy was so arrogant, he didn't even say thank you. They saved this man's life, and he's so arrogant. He's, I'm still a king. You're a leper. Who's going to be king after me? Somebody else? Don't ever think God can't raise somebody else up to do it because you won't. Don't ever think that you're going to stop his show because you don't want to show up. I need somebody to just throw one hand in the air and say, thank you, Lord. Why am I thanking him? Because he didn't give up on me. I need somebody to throw your hand up and say, thank you, Lord. Why are you thanking him? Because he didn't throw in the towel on you when he could have. He's been good and his mercy has been enduring forever. So I gave you three points on Sunday. One, we have emotions. We aren't our emotions. Say, I have emotions. You're not your emotions. Now, this goes contrary to everything you're learning in the world today. Because the world tells you, if you feel it, do it. If you feel it, think it. If you feel it, say it. Be yourself. You don't even know yourself. Follow your heart. That's not Bible. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitfully wicked above everything. Following your heart is going to get you into leprosy. Don't let somebody tell you to follow your heart. Your heart will have you selling lemonade on the side of the street as a 48-year-old man. You ain't talking to me. Do not follow your heart. That ain't Bible. Following my passion. You had 18 passions over the last 15 months. 
ain't followed one of them through. But today, the rest of this year is going to be the best of this year. Watch me. We have emotions. We honor our emotions. See, we have spirits. That's your subconscious mind. That is who you are. That's the real you. It's the you you are without thinking about it. Your subconscious mind is revealed in your initial response. Your subconscious mind is revealing you. If your initial response is, that's you. You're not honorable. You're disrespectful. That's your, that's your initial response. If your initial response is, these people. That's your subconscious mind. Say my initial response is my subconscious mind. So in the Bible, when it talks about the human spirit, it's referring to our subconscious mind because spirit in the Bible uh, translates into mind. Okay? Now, uh, watch this. Watch this. But we have a soul. You're not your soul. We have a soul. So that's why people say we need to, you know, save souls. That's not super accurate because the soul, (laughs) in fact, uh, is not the spirit. The spirit is born again. The soul has to be renewed. See, every day I got to get my soul together. See, when I give my life to Jesus, my spirit is good. But that soul, that soul, I got to work on it day by day by day. Let's go here. And I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I'm not where I used to be. Is there anybody that can release a praise that you're making progress? Give yourself a shot for your progress. I, I'm not perfect, but I'm making progress. Watch. So we have a soul. That's our conscious mind. Our thoughts, our will, our emotions. <gasps> so watch this. I am not my emotions. I possess my emotions. So let's use this backpack. You're the backpack. Or excuse me, the backpack is your body. Got it? Because you live in a physical body. We live in a physical body. Now, in here, you've got your subconscious mind. That's your spirit and your soul, which is your conscious mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. I have it. They don't have me. Unless... I choose to be ruled by what I'm supposed to rule. Some of you wear your emotions on your sleeve. One little thing happened and you're in tears. One little thing happened and now you're doubting everything you said you believe. Well, one little thing happened. Y'all here? See, we are not our emotions. Our emotions are our response to change or losing control. Now, not all emotions are negative. Got it? But we should never be led by emotions. You've been led, led by your emotions. If you grew up in church, you learned how to lie. Yeah, you did. You learned to say, I'm just being led by the spirit. Your emotions. Because what you did, the spirit wouldn't do. You helped somebody rebellious. The spirit wouldn't do that. So our emotions, E, out of, motion, change. Etymology of the word. Break it down. E, out of, motion, change. So when things change, you get so emotional. When they say you can't do that no more, you get so emotional. When somebody don't say back what you want them to say because you said it, you get so emotional. Y'all ain't talking to me. When your spouse don't say what you want them to say back, and now you get so emotional. Y'all ain't saying that to me. When you go into your job and, 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 and they didn't pat you on the back because you, 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 you thought you should have got a pat on the back, and instead they say you didn't do this right, you get so emotional. Watch. <laughs> So what are your emotions? I'm trying to get control. So I get, I'm, you holler to get control. All right now! You cuss everybody out to get control. 
Because you're like, you know what? Since you're using English, <laughs> I'm going to use unknown tongues or known tongues. Right? Watch this. Some of you are like, Bishop, I don't do that. Mm-mm, you shut down. That's emotion. I don't want to talk. You get so emotional. Some of you say, I'm just going to take a nap. I'm going to go to sleep. That's an emotion. You get so emotional. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Your kids didn't do something that you like, but really you're mad because you see them and you. And you and them. So you get so emotional. Emotional. Stop. Which brought us to the second point. Emotions aren't the problem. Being led by emotions is the problem. Can can you say that with me? Say, emotions are not the problem. problem. Say, being led by them is a problem. problem. And we looked at this particular verse. 2 Chronicles 28-22. This is another king. This wasn't Uzziah. This is another guy. Ahaz. They had some names, didn't they? <laughs> you thought you were creative. <laughs> you ain't going to spell it S-I-N-C-E-R-E. No, S-Y-N-C-E-R-E. Put the point on there. Now, if that's your name, that's just what came to mind. So that wasn't nothing personal. It's just what came to mind. It's a beautiful spelling of that name. It is. Watch the verse. In his time of distress, what's distress? Anxiety. What's anxiety? An emotion. When he got so anxious, this church needs to get saved. I'm going to give an altar call at the end. I need y'all to get saved. Somebody like, what are they talking about? Don't worry about it and don't Google it either. <laughs> Somebody like, that's okay, I'll figure it out. Let me just Google it. Leave it alone. Watch. When he got anxious. That's what the Bible says. Be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. When you get anxious, you open access to your emotions. Some of you are emotional because you're anxious about the future. You're anxious about what your job going to do. You're anxious about where you're going to live. You're anxious about where you're going to go. And I need you to let that anxiety go. Because if you get anxious, you give access to your emotions. So why did I focus on this one? Because anxiety is normally the gateway to other emotions. I'm going to say that again. Anxiety is normally the gateway to all your other emotions. Is there anybody that can testify? That anxiety has been a gateway to a whole lot of other emotions. And you can second that emotion. Watch me. Now, look at what he did. In his time of distress, his anxiety, he became yet more faithless to the Lord. When he got anxious, watch this. You ready? He became atheist. When he became anxious, he became agnostic. You know, I, you know, God, you know, I, I believe in spirit, you know, you know, you know. I mean, an organized religion thing. Well, wait a minute. Stop, sir. So you don't like things organized. Okay. So next time you go to Target, I pray that when you go to the, to the toilet paper aisle, that they have cereal. You missed my point. You like everything else organized. No, when you get anxious, you open up the door to doubt, unbelief. I got to take care of me. Who gonna take care of me? All my life, I had to fight. So watch me. Can I give you an exhaustive list of emotions that we're about to where we're going? Let me give you an exhaustive list of emotions. And when he got anxious, he got faithless. And then we read on, we won't do it today, we read on about how he called something that was bad for him good. When you get anxious and you get in your emotions, you will go to what hurts you and try to get it to help you. 
you will call bad friends and be like, hey, what you doing? You already know they a snake, but you calling a snake. You trying to whisper to the snake. So when you get anxious, you open up the door. It's a doorway. So when you get anxious, watch this. It opens up the door to affection. But sometimes it can be for the wrong people. Angst, that's inner turmoil. Annoyance, apathy, arousal, awe, boredom, confidence, contempt, contentment, courage, curiosity, depression, desire, despair, disappointment, disgust, distrust, ecstasy, embarrassment, empathy, envy, euphoria, fear, frustration, gratitude, grief, guilt, happiness, hatred, hope, horror, hostility, humiliation, hysteria, that is, attention-seeking behavior, interest, jealousy, loneliness, love, lust, outrage, panic, passion, pity, pleasure, pride, rage, regret, remorse, resentment, sadness, feeling sadity, that is, being sad about what you no longer have, uh, schadenfreude, that is, where you get pleasure from somebody else's misfortune, self confidence, shame, shock, sadness, sorrow, suffering, surprise, trust, wonder, worry. All of that opens up when you get anxious. And notice the word that's translated here is stress. If you put it up for me, please. When he got stressed, he opens the door. Somebody said, well, how do I not get stressed? The issue isn't stress. The issue is how you handle it. Which took us to this third point. Better emotions can be chosen. You remember that? And we looked at Acts 26 and 2, and we looked at it in the King James Version of the Scripture. This is the Apostle Paul after he's been betrayed, beaten, shipwrecked, lied on, talked about, mistreated, all that. And look what he says in the first part of the verse. That's all we got to get to. I think, come on Wednesday, myself happy. Paul said, you know what? I'm picking what I feel, even though I don't feel it. You missed it. I don't have to let my feelings dictate to me. I can dictate to my feelings. When my emotion isn't serving me, I can pick another one. I can pick a better emotion that's going to help me love God, help me love people, and help me love my life. I can't control the initial feeling, but I can control the subsequent feeling. See, if somebody lies on you, the initial feeling, may, you may be enraged. <sighs> And then after that, what you going to do? Because being mad ain't going to erase what they said. Being mad ain't going to change what they did. Y'all ain't talking to me. Are you hearing me? Which brings me to the fourth and final point. We're done. Being led by emotions creates wrecks. Tonight's message title, by the way, is an emotional wreck. Here's a wreck. Let's go to Matthew 14. And uh, we're going to look at a familiar story, but I want to break it down. Y'all ready? Let's break it down. Can we break it down? Matthew 14, 22. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. Now, Jesus says, this is crazy to me. Y'all get in the boat to go to the other side. Why didn't nobody ask him, how you going to get there? Be sure the people around you know how to think ahead of you. Mm. You don't need a circle around you that creates more problems than they solve. I pray that everybody sitting at your table this year will bring something to your table this year. I pray that the rest of your circle for the remainder of this year are people that are going to help you, people that are going to advance you. Somebody say, my table shifted, my table. I just, like, nobody asked them, how are you going to get there? They were so self-centered, they didn't care. Which means you can be around Jesus and still be prideful. Verse 23, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When he, so let's get the picture. So, uh, so there's a mountain over here. What's over here? So then over here, you got where Jesus was speaking in this valley. There's the sea, which would have to be in a lower place. So the sea's over here. Jesus goes up there. He tells them, y'all get in the boat to go to the other side. So this here is the other side. This is the sea. You with me? Okay. This is where Jesus was teaching. What's over here? The mountain. Good job, class. Verse 23. After he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. So where's Jesus at right now? Over here. When evening came, he was there alone. Which means when did he send them out? When it was daylight. How long did he pray? Long time. <laughs> but the boat by this time was a long way from the land. Where's the boat? Over here. Beaten by the waves. For the wind was against them. What was in the storm? The boat. For the wind was against them. You missed it. You missed it. 
But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the what? Waves. What was beaten by the waves? The boat. Who or what was in the storm? The boat. When you're emotional, you'll think you're in a storm that you're not. You will create a mess that don't even exist. Y'all are not talking to me. You will create a tragedy that ain't even that way. You'll say, this the big one, this the big one. It's not even anything close to being that. For some of you, I need you to throw one hand up and say, I'm not even in a storm. You're just emotional. By this time, the boat was a long way from the land. It's beaten by the waves. The wind is what's against them. The boat's in the storm. The wind is against them. And when I tell you what the wind means, you're going to understand it in a minute. Because you want to know what wind means? I'm going to tell you right now. Wind is this word in Greek, the language of our New, to uh, uh, of our New Testament. It's this word, blepo. Say blepo. You want to know what it means? You want to know what it means? To get emotional about problems. What was against them? They got emotional about problems. They weren't in a storm. Their issue was they got emotional about problems. What was against them? Their emotions. I don't like the fact that you're not shouting. What's in the storm? The boat. What's actually against them? Their emotions. So when the boat started rocking, they got emotional and said, we're in a storm. No, we are not. It's in a storm. Y'all, y'all. All right, here we go. Verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night. Now, I might not be able to finish this message because I'm going to help some of y'all. Say the fourth watch. Fourth watch is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Let me tell you why you can't sleep. Let me tell you why you keep waking up in that time period. Because that's the hour of war. If you study your Bible, this time period is the same time period the children of Israel had to war across the Red Sea. If you study your Bible, this time period is the same time period over and over again. This is the time period that Jacob wrestled with the angel. This is the time where God says, I need you to get up and I need you to go to war. I need you to get out of your emotions, get out of your sleep, and I need you to go to prayer. I need you to get up. This is the same time David started worshiping, which is what gave him the victory over Goliath. It's the time of war. Some of you can't sleep and you keep waking up during the fourth watch because God says, I need you to get up. I need you to go take this battle to another playing field. I need you to take this battle and make it spiritual. For everybody that gets woken up tonight, I need you to not say, I'm so tired. I need you to get up and start praying. I need you to get up and say, whatever's coming against me tomorrow, I shut it down. No weapon. That's, yeah. That's the fourth watch. And so some of y'all, when you try to go back to sleep, you can't get pushed. You keep getting nudged. Because the fourth watch is the watch. This, this is the warfare hour. 4 a.m. is known in spiritualism as the witching hour. That is when, watch this, watch this. That is when those that practice dark magic, occultism, etc., that's when they get to work. So for everybody who's gifted in here prophetically, you will notice you've never been able to sleep through that time. Because that's the time where the prophets get up to war against the false ones. That's too deep. I'll leave it alone. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. You gotta come to the conference because I'm doing a whole thing about all of that. You gotta come. Would you touch your neighbor and say, please come to the conference? It's for you. You gotta come. So during the hour of warfare, he shows up. When does he show up? When they fighting. But the fight ain't with the devil. Hear me. The fight is with their emotion. It's with their emotions. <laughs> and in the fourth watch of the night, he came walking on the sea. Where'd he leave? Over here. Where's he at? Over here. What's in the storm? The boat. What's against them? Their emotions. Can't just read the Bible. Gotta read the Bible. Look, look, verse 26. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, that phrase walking on the sea in Greek means this. He circled the boat. Listen to me, please. Watch the last part of the definition. To lead the boat. 
when he showed up, he was trying to get them to stop being emotional and focus on him. And what is he? The word in the flesh. He said, stop focusing on your emotions. Shut up for a minute, please, and focus on my word. Because if you focus on the word, it's going to lead you out of this Watch. He said, he circles the boat and says, please follow me. I'm the word in the flesh, he says. Please stop focusing on your emotions and follow me. Why do people fall away from church? Emotions. Why do people fall away from God? Emotions. Why do people give up on what they should fight for? Emotions. And I just think there's somebody in here tonight that are going to say, my emotions aren't going to rob from me another. If that's you, I need you to hop up one time and just spin around. Why? I'm turning some things around tonight. Somebody shout it yet. Watch. Why do you have us do that? It's a prophetic gesture. I'm telling my life you're about to turn. I'm telling my finances you're about to turn. I'm telling my emotions you're about to turn. I'm telling my family you're about to turn. Everything you are. Watch. They were terrified. What is that? An emotion. They couldn't even hear the word without getting emotional. They got afraid. Of the word, Jesus is the word of God in the flesh, the Bible says. So he in this imagery is not a man, he is in fact a word. But when the disciples saw the word walking on the sea, I'm just going to go and say it too. <laughs> say, command me to come. Peter thought Jesus was going to be like, it's okay, stay in the boat. Never call his bluff. Some of y'all been calling this bluff like, Lord, if you want me to do that, do this and this and this and this. Oh, boop, 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 boop. What you going to do now? Slap somebody high five say, what you going to do now? And if you didn't get somebody that agreed with you, pick another neighbor for the last five minutes of this experience and tell them, say, I'm going to walk by faith. So Peter got out the boat. Step out. That's a bigger boat than that. This ain't no little, little, there's a big boat. So they have to have a big boat. Come on, come on. What's supposed to happen to this foot? What does the text not say he did? Oh, I'm gonna throw my own microphone at myself. All Peter had to do to know what was going on is take one step. And that one step would have answered all his questions. Because how am I still standing on what I should be sinking in? Somebody say, just one step. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but God's answer to you is, I just need you to take one step. I need you to just take one step. took one step. He should have known then what's up. This was the answer. But Peter was a thug. Show me. So put your hand on the boat. Now put that other leg out. Don't hurt your knee now. Wait a minute. Jesus way over here. When he stopped getting emotional, Look at me. And was looking at the word. Stop. Go to the next verse. Put it up, please. Look at what the next verse says. Come on, next verse. Shandabashi. Come on. But when he saw the wind, stop. How do you see wind? But remember what wind means, emotions. 
You miss it. He stopped walking by faith and started walking by sight. What's faith? Belief in what he said. The word, Jesus. When he, watch this, he was afraid. And beginning to sink. Stop! I don't know about you, but the last time I stepped on water, wasn't no beginning to sink. Stay right here. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. You want to know what beginning means? To rehearse emotions. That's what it means in Greek. So he gets emotional. The wind. What does the wind represent? <laughs> You're going to fail. What are you doing? You don't never do nothing right. You Daddy was a failure. You gonna be a failure. Yeah. And now he starts getting emotional. Can you cry? Just like put a little something on you. Something. Give me some water so I get some tears. Please. Come on. These are my tears. Come on, open it up for me. And put your own tears on. You can't use this water no more. I'll get you some more. Watch. Say beginning to sink. He starts rehearsing. And as he's rehearsing his emotions, he's sinking. What he was walking on, he's now falling under. What he had control over, he's now being controlled by. Are you hearing me? Stay right there. Now, this word sink, you ready? This word sink, you ready? Are you sure? I love the Bible. When the Bible says sink, here's what it means. It doesn't mean the water stopped holding him up. What's water representing the Bible? The spirit of God. Here's what the word sink means. He plunged himself into the water. Thank you. Stay right there. He asked God to use him. God's using him. You missed it. The water didn't stop holding him up. He plunged himself. They didn't fire him. He acted out. They weren't going to lose it. But he plunged him. Y'all ain't got this yet. Some of you have plunged yourself into the water. And the water didn't stop holding you up. You did it to yourself. But I think there's somebody in here that say, if I did that to myself, I can get back. I need somebody's faith in this room. Somebody say, I'm rising up. Say it again. I'm rising up. And here's how he rose out. We're about to do it. We're out of here, church. He hollered out. He cried, Lord, save me. The word cried means in articulate shouts that express deep emotion. Watch what he did. He reversed it. Would you do it with me? He reversed it. Tonight, everybody on the sound of my voice, everybody looking at these cameras, everybody looking at the replay, everybody on the podcast, let me tell you what God needs you to do tonight. What you've been emotional about, he needs you to reverse. What you've been angry about, he needs you to. What you've been cussing everybody out about, he needs you to. What you've been sending all these emails and texts and Facebooks and YouTubes and stuff, all that, he needs you to. So he said, my emotions were taking me down. But I'm going to reverse this thing, and I'm going to make them cause me to cry out to Jesus. And he says, Lord, save me. Verse 31. Now, can you make inarticulate shouts of deep emotion? No, but inarticulate, so I can't know what you mean. 
you missed it. He cried out, but the Bible says, God heard, save me. You missed what I just said. He cried out, which is an, artic an inarticulate, don't understand what it means, inarticulate expression of emotion. Jesus heard, save me. Why do I have you shout so much in church? Because you think it's just a shout. But by the time it gets to heaven, he hears, he hears, save me. So, Jesus, go to the power verse, please. Oh, right there, stay right there, thank you. Jesus immediately, how fast does he do it? It wasn't on Friday. It was Wednesday at 8.52. That's what time it is right now in Denver. It wasn't, it wasn't in November, December. When he did that and reversed it, he said, I let these emotions ruin how I think, ruin how I walk, ruin how I act, ruin how I talk. But what I'm going to do is make these emotions. So he hollers, say immediately. Let me have that other hand, though. Because when Jesus would grab a hand, he would never grab the left hand. Why? The right hand was the hand of strength, honor. It was the hand of authority. So when he says he reached out his hand, we can use deductive logic, knowing as Hebrew, he reached out his right hand. And watch what he did. He took a hold of him. Watch. He didn't grab his hand. He extends his right hand and grabs him. You, it's right there in your Bible. He reaches out his right hand and grabs him. And as he's pulling him up out of what he should have been ruling, he says, ah, why did you doubt? Why did you have such little faith? But notice what he's doing again. Walking on that water. And I need somebody in here to just shout, Lord, save me. Say it again, Lord, save me. Look at 32. And when they got in the boat, I, I promise you, when they got in the boat, what ceased? His emotions. He like, oh, this ain't happening again. You want to know why this story is so interesting? The reason Jesus says, why'd you doubt? Listen to me, please. It's because this whole exercise wasn't real. It was a test. What do you mean it wasn't real? It was real that it happened. But it was a test. What do you mean it's a test? This ain't the first time. Matthew 8, 24 through 26. Can I just read it to you? We're done. We're done. Is anybody getting anything out of church tonight? Put it up for me, please. Matthew 8 and 24 through 26. Here's what it says. And behold, there rose a great storm. What chapter were we in? We were in chapter 14. What comes before 14? 8. So what had already happened six chapters earlier? The same thing. You getting emotional about something you didn't already overcome. You getting emotional about something you've already beaten, something you've already knocked down before. Watch. Watch. There arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat, what was never in the storm, them, the boat was in the storm. And he sleep this time. Verse 25, they woke him up. Save us, Lord. We are perishing. Verse 26. <laughs> and they said to him, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. He got up, rebuked the emotions. That's why, look, that's why it says, and the sea. He rebuked his emotions. Let's do it. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I rebuke being led by my emotions. Shout for that. 
pastors and be like, well, Bishop, how do I deal with it? When you find yourself getting emotional, I rebuke my emotion. When you find yourself sitting at your desk breaking down, crying in the middle of the day, I rebuke being led by my, when you feel so angry that you want to knock everybody out and get, I rebuke being led. That's how you do it. This is how we do it. And look at the next part. And there was a great, touch your neighbor and say, calm down. Because somebody's about to walk into a victory on Thursday. Calm down. The contract's about to come through. Calm down. Your son's about to be saved. Calm down. They're about to release the funds you owe. Calm The help you need is about to send. Calm down. Tonight. I'm feeling, I'm feeling mighty good right about through here. <laughs> this is how we do it. This, <laughs> say it, say This is how we do it. Somebody like, what you doing? You say, this is how we, I'm keeping myself calm. I'm staying out of my emotions. This is how. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this for me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. 
Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.